Welcome to Opinion Happers, a movie podcast for basic white boys. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched Solo, colon, a Star Wars story. I was going to get real mad if you didn't include the colon, a Star Wars story. Oh, God. Remember the colon? It's an integral part of the... You did me proud. Well, the colon is a reference to something. Tyler, this is a special episode. So special. Is this the first... Is this the first episode we've done where we recorded an episode? We recorded this and then the recording was garbage. And here we are revisiting it later and actually re-recording it. Is this the first time? Yeah, because any other we've re-recorded stuff before, but it's just like right after this movie came out like the same time we're recording it now. It was like a May release of whenever, however many years ago. And here we are. Here we are. It was lost to us here we are we did it we did it we learned so much we got better mics mm-hmm. the recordings still sound bad i'm sure but you know what we're doing that the takes are hotter we have more expensive mics more expensive stands more expensive computer more expensive software mm-hmm. we're spending like big boys now yeah just like Disney spent on this movie. We have more expensive recording space. That's true. Yeah. More expensive We're paying chairs. tax. We're paying tax on this recording space. Well, you are. Yeah. Yeah. I am. You got to claim it as a home office, which it is actually a home office. Yeah. No, there's an office. Look, there's a computer. Three separate, very widely ranging monitors. Yeah. Well, people don't look. People come out here and they're like, "I'm gonna buy a really nice monitor. I want to buy a 4K monitor." And then they have like two or three really nice monitors. They got the bougie rig. What they're failing to understand is you can't appreciate a 4K monitor next to a 4K monitor. Now, if you get a nice, a nice monitor next to a crappy monitor, boom, you appreciate your nice monitor so much more than the crap. I would recommend this to anyone, okay, who's working on their setup. Have a crappy one, have a good one, have a great one. Okay. And then the great one is so much more precious to you. And then the bad one feels so much worse. What a bad job it's doing. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting a new monitor. Oh, yeah. Because as you know, I just got a new TV. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Because uh, I want to talk about TV. it. Of course, you want to do TV talk because you bought a better TV than me. Yeah. I, I've been saving up for TV for a year now. Okay. I've been planning, scheming, watching the sales, watching what's coming out, waiting for the 2021 lines, pushing my deadline out to get the right TV I want at the right time. And here we are. I finally was ready to buy a TV. You snaked in on the same day was and it, bought a better TV than me. Were you already buying it? Because I thought me buying it pushed you to buy yours. No, I was waiting for. Okay. <laughs> Should we talk? I mean, are we going to talk models? How detailed are we doing? Let's talk models. Talks? All right. I mean, because no one cares about this movie, So let's talk about. Okay. <laughs> I was never. Okay. My plan was to get the high end of a low range TV. Yeah. Okay, the low, whatever, the highest I could get of it. And I was going to spend $700. And then I got more money and things happened and technologies developed and I waited longer. Now I'm getting more of like a mid-range TV, like a medium range of the mid-range, I guess, is what I'm getting now. Yeah. 
I was ready to buy the brand new Hisense U7G. Okay, that's what I was gonna buy. That TV has not come out yet. <clears throat> this will not make any sense by the time this comes out. Then I ended up, but Hisense did have the U8G available, which is just a step up from that one. And I wasn't gonna spend that much. And then I had the money and then I did it, okay? I was just waiting for that TV to become available. Yeah. And it just happened, I just happened to pull the trigger the same day as you, all right? So tell me, what was it, what's the model that you're getting? The H High Sense U8G, U8 65 gotcha. inch, 6.5 inch. That's what I did. Now, tell them what you did, you animal, you so monster. I have argued with myself for years at this point over the OLED TVs. Since they were $4,000 for a 55 inch. Yeah. And I've said no to myself, like a good boy, like a smart boy. And then every time I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, no, they're too expensive. Wait till, you know, one day when you're old and your eyesight's so bad, you can't even appreciate it. You can sit there in your wheelchair and appreciate it. And then I was listening to a random podcast where they mentioned the LG CX, C10, as it's mm. supposed to be pronounced, but it's like the iPhone. I'm going to call it the CX, uh -huh. okay? Yeah. You can't put an X in the name of something and be like, don't say X. Like, X is way cooler than 10, so just let us have this. Let us have this one thing, you know? Yeah. So then I, of myself, went... And I was like, I'm going to do it. And then I had it in the cart ready to buy. And I said, wait, I'm a married man. <laughs> I have to run a purchase with a comma in the number <laughs> by my wife. Yeah. So I did. And my wife, you know, my wife, your wife, very involved in the TV process, I'm guessing, in the budgeting of it. Nope. In the don't buy a $6,000 TV. Nope. Don't buy a $2,000. Did she nope. say I get whatever? No, well, she gave you free reign over the we bank have, account. We have we have fun monies. Yeah. So while she did take some combined monies and put it in my account to go toward a TV, it was up to me to spend whatever I wanted as long as I was saving for it with my do whatever I want with it allowance. Oh. So that's that's the rule. OK, we each have our account. No questions asked. I can buy whatever I want. Look, if I want to buy a, a sex worker. That comes out of the fun money account, okay? No questions asked, okay? I found a loophole. I found oh. a loophole. I made a loophole. I did you it. You made the loophole. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> anyway. In fact, I would say she was wanting me to spend more money because I had way too much in my account. She's yeah. like, you have too much. Makes me upset to see it every time because it makes me realize how much money I have spent over the last year that you have not spent saving up for the TV. So she wanted me to spend it all. She was thrilled when I spent like 400 more dollars than I was planning on spending. Yeah. But what if I told you, Cody, I'm looking at the TV you bought here. Yeah. For another 500, you could Stop. get the same one I got. I understand. I understand what you're saying. That's what I'm I hear you. I see you. I don't have. I, I pushed my budget to the limit. Okay. I spent almost every cent I had saved up. I was supposed to spend $1,000, and I spent $1,400. I had $1,500. You're asking me to spend $1,800. Yeah. Well, really, $2,000. You're asking me to spend, look, that's $500 more than I, than I have. 
But the point is, I bought the TV on a a whim that I finally followed through on. Yeah, the whim has happened multiple times. Oh, I understand. This is finally followed through on it. I hated myself. I was yeah. so mad at myself. I almost canceled the order, but I said no. Because I thought you bought your TV because I did it at the same time. And I was like, I can't just you throw can't back out. I can't back out now. The suicide pack. Yeah. So you're the whole reason I actually got the TV delivered. If you hadn't bought that TV, I probably would have canceled it. I don't know what. And I thank you for this. How did code. I get involved? Because I thought I because I texted you. I'm doing it. What did I say to you? I'm going to look up exactly look what up. I said. Because I was like, I've thought, I wish I, I have thought about buying that TV. Like I almost bought the 55 inch version. I was like, you know what? I can go a little bit smaller and, and just the fancier screen. Cause when they first came out, they had like a huge sale on them. Yeah. When they were like brand new, cause they're like, we're just going to put them in at a super low price point. So people buy them and are wild with them. <laughs> so I texted you out of the blue at seven forty eight on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Is an extra 10 inches worth five or yeah, worth $500. Yeah. Then there was a little bit of back and forth here. Yeah. And you asked, am I going up to 65 or up to 75? Here's my question. If I had said up to 75, what would have been? How would that have changed your answer? I'm not saying 75 is too big, but unless you have a big space, 75 is too big. It's too big. It's too big. It's too big. According to all of the things I read online, mm-hmm. it's 65 is too big yeah. for my space. Right. But I love it. That's fine. I would hate myself if, if I you got love, the 55. Well, the thing is, too, if you're doing OLED 65, if this resolution is good enough, then it matters a little less, right? Because the resolution can stand up to you being closer, far away, right? Yeah. That's the idea. If it's too big for the space and you're like, well, now you're not, can't be at the optimum wherever you were supposed to view it from. But if it's a great screen, then yeah. love yourself, you know? Self-care, yeah. 2021. Hashtag love yourself. Yeah. So as I went a little bit back and forth with you, you gave me you gave me tips. You contacted Trev. Trev, yeah. The TV guy. The TV guy. He's listened to an episode. Almost exactly 12 hours later. <laughs> I did it, you coward. And I hate myself. That's what I said to you. And then I said, I got the 65 inch and you sent me a picture of one you had ordered. To which I thought. You ordered it because I was like, I'm doing it. And you were like, you're right. Now's a good time. Because like you looked because it was Memorial Day sales or something like I I didn't think I was the only reason. I did not buy this TV on the TV I bought is not on sale. I paid full sticker price for it because it's a brand new spring model. Like it just came out. I know. No, it wasn't a sale. This is literally I'm the first wave of people to buy this TV. You fool. I didn't even buy the new one. I bought the old model. Everybody's like, oh, don't get that garbage C10. Get the G1. And I'm like, F you, dude. I'm getting this one. See, here's the thing. You're in the OLED range. This is it's stupid that we're talking about TVs because that's not what this podcast is for. But also this podcast is for whatever I want it to be. So y'all can shut up. <laughs> okay. Think, yes. about, think about you're buying OLEDs. And OLEDs have all the future-proof technology that people like me who don't have money to buy an OLED had been waiting for. Yes. So all the HDMI 2.1 and the eARC and the Hertz and the, you know, the 120 and 60 Hertz and the blah, whatever, all that stuff is what I've been waiting for to come down <laughs> into the price. That TV has it. I'm oh, pretty sure. Yes. Um, Cause all the OLEDs have it. Cause you're paying for the top of the, you know, OLEDs the best you can get. 
So, uh, I've been sitting here waiting, and then you just jumped in line. <laughs> so, yeah, what's that about? I wanted it, and it was it was on sale, mm-hmm. and the place I bought it from had an extra bit because it's like their super nice stuff is like plus, you know. And they're like, oh hey, if you buy a plus thing, here's a code for an extra ten percent off. So I got this like two thousand dollar TV for seventeen hundred dollars. That's yeah. why. And then I got it delivered next day. Yep, I'm still waiting for mine. In home, which yeah. means they're supposed to set it up. They didn't even open the box. Yeah. Which I was offended by because this thing is a huge pain to put the stand on. Oh, yeah. And it must be. It's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> it's like I was sitting there looking at it. I was like, I'm going to hate myself for getting this bigger one. And I was looking at it. I was like, I would have hated myself if I gotten a smaller <laughs> one. I would have felt like a fool. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, back to my original point. The 48 inch model is very popular as a monitor. What? Because it's like max, it's like sitting distance where it's considered like a retina display. Uh huh. You know, that thing that Apple came up with, but they didn't actually come up with it apparently. Anyway, point is where you can't distern, distinguish pixels. Yeah. Is almost exactly how far you'd be sitting away from it while sitting at a desk wow. with it on the desk. And I'm like, Oh, so you're, oh. Gonna, you're gonna get a 48 inch now right? oh, yeah. for my monitor i said that to my wife and she just stared at me until i walked out of the room <laughs> but oh. if i had gotten that from a work monitor it'd be cheaper than the monitors they actually bought me wow they bought me way too nice monitors but you see the monitor my work got me the bad one it's didn't bad. your wife bought this one yeah right mm-hmm. and then they gave you the old the de- the classic the classic well, Dell tank of a monitor. Yeah, they, I mean, they were like, hey, we don't have any monitors. So we'll give you one whenever we get one. But then I'm once again made a loophole. <laughs> some dude is like, I have some old crappy ones I'll give you, but we won't upgrade it any sooner. It's like, ah. <laughs> but I need a monitor. So yeah. look, I've got it. Yeah, I've got the one. You could watch Solo on that monitor. <laughs> I also, to bring it back around to Solo, started watching Solo on the OLED because if you look up what's the best to show off OLED, yeah, the top or the second thing on the list is always going to be any new Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I think this movie Solo was nominated for best visual effects. I think it's stunning. Yeah, yeah, I've, I have a 4K disc. I'm just ready to whip out as soon as my TV. You're going to whip it out. I'm going to whip it out. Whip it. You got the new PS5? Yep. That's where you got one up on me. I'm stuck with the series. I got the Series S of the Xbox. You have a PS5. Yeah. I have the suck Xbox. See, if I could just, if you could attain my console and I could attain your TV. You'd <laughs> you be know, in the same position. We combine, if we combine our living rooms, imagine yes. how powerful we would be. It'd be so good. Because uh, I have, you have the nice speakers. Yeah. And the PlayStation. And mm-hmm. I got the nice TV. Mm-hmm. I have a nice soundbar too, but I don't, I don't think it can outdo your speakers. No, you can't. They look, soundbars are great, but unless you're on the top of it, you're not. No soundbar is going to outdo a system powered by a receiver. Yeah. I also talked myself up to getting way too nice of a soundbar. Good. 
good. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Oh man. I could go on another 10 minute rant about buying a PlayStation because it was It's a nightmare. It was a nightmare and I was very lucky. I, I can't tell you how lucky I was. I've actually You're had the luckiest easier, boy in the land, actually. I've had an easier time trying to get a PlayStation somewhat than an Xbox Series X. Mm. Here's what I'm learning. The Series S of the Xbox, they're they're given those away. <laughs> yeah. You, know? you can go to Bill Gates' house, he has a garage full of them. He'll just give you one. But I tried your trick of you said, and I quote, just mash that add to cart button 500 times, which is how I got my PlayStation. I gave up. I was weak and I gave up. Yeah. How Most, long? I, it must I mean, that's something I gave up. I went back to it. I gave up, went back to it. I everyone everyone else had given up. Boop, popped in my cart and I got it. They're also it's GameStop. They're shady people. They're doing like $900 bundle. They're basically scalpers. They're basically scalping. These You're paying scalping prices. You just get some. Did I say what I did with it though? You returned you. the PlayStation games, right? I returned. Well, I wanted one of the games, so I, I all the extra stuff they threw in. I ret- I swapped it out for stuff I wanted more. So like, yeah. I still paid that price. I think they would have done a. They, I could have just returned it though. Yeah, maybe just the one I went to. But the guy was like, "All right, <laughs> he just, he swapped one game out. He let me turn the controller. I ordered a cooler colored controller <clears throat> because I love myself once again." Twenty twenty hashtag self love. So tell me about tell me about solo. How was it? How it's, was it for you? It's good. It's good. Um, I liked it. I watched it in its entirety on my old trash TV. Uh, what have which you, is still a nice Samsung now? 4K yeah. TV. <laughs> uh-huh. That's the thing. I've always been okay. back to the TV for a second, Stop. if I might. <laughs> the reason I never bought the TV you bought is because I was like, I already have a nice Samsung 4K I TV. I don't even, I'm not even living in 4K. I've never lived in 4K. I wanted to give you the TV but it's a 49 inch. So it would look shockingly small on your, yeah. on your thing. So I was like, it's, yeah. but if you want a TV, <laughs> I've got one. Mm. Well, oh yeah, I watched this in, in HD, oh. 1080p. Oh, in the glo- but on so a nice good. Samsung. So it looks nice. Yeah. No, it, and did, it we, works. We saw this. Did we see this one in the theater together when it first came out? Or yeah, I think it was like Memorial Day yeah. of 20, whenever this came out. Yeah. It's hot. I, I liked it. I liked it, I think, more now than I did when we originally watched it. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I originally, I think the thing about this movie is, I think it actually gets better as it goes along. Yeah. I think the beginning is like, okay. And then like the first tournament is okay. The next tournament is like, not bad. And that kind of hits a point. I think it's like the point when uh, Lando Calrissian is introduced from like, yeah. oh, this is good now. And then it kind of just gets better and better. And I really like the index. I was like, oh, this. I don't know. I don't know why it scored so low, except that it wasn't consistent the whole time. But it, I think it benefits from getting a little bit better as it goes. And it kind of just peaks in the end. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is pretty good. Yeah. We both liked it. Do you want to try to sum up the. It's the origin story of one Han Solo. And, and uh, we, we learn how he went from growing up on the mean streets of Corellia to uh, becoming the man we know and love in the original Star Wars trilogy. Is he, he's a scoundrel. How does he, will he, you know, how does he do it? Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's just an origin story. 
but it's a Star Wars origin story. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Um, do you want to? So, do you want to start spoiling it? I guess. Yeah, no? I think I'm. This is the longest we've gotten. <laughs> well, yeah, because we've gotten there with our once with the rants, we've gotten a long time. All right. We can just Let's get into it. it. Hop in. Hop on. Hop around the speeder. Mm. Get in that. Get, get in the speeder, Cody. Yeah. I'm in it. Let's go. Okay. First thing about this movie that I noticed. Tell me. And I want to say it's my first note in the <laughs> when I first watch it. I should pull up my original notes, actually. Yeah. That's what I'll do next. It starts off with it doesn't give us a scroll, but it does it's like I guess it's the second Star Wars movie, because I don't think Rogue One had a scroll either. But it does pop up with some text and you know, gives you some background. Talks about Han Solo being on the mean streets of Carillion. I don't know. Oh, weird. You're not in streets. Yeah. It's just weird to me because it's a Martin Scorsese movie. You know, is that the words you would have used? The mean streets. The mean streets. I mean, no. the streets were mean. I don't know. I just how mean though? it felt weird. That's all. How mean though? On a scale of one to mean. That's what I'm wondering, sir. I'm a, as as an economist, I would say. Yeah. It also could be average streets, you know, just the mean, the mean average streets. So is it just like a normal street? See, it's confusing. Yeah. It's Ron Howard's version of the Scorsese mean streets. <laughs> yeah. Did you know Ron Howard, uh, George Lucas? Oh, we, I think we were talking about this. Ron Howard wanted, George Lucas wanted Ron Howard for the tr- the prequels. Yeah, I think we talked about episodes one, two, and three. It was like. Well, they have a they have a weird connection. I don't know if to put this together, but Ron Howard is in American Graffiti, which is George Luke, one of George Lucas. I think it's his second movie. So yeah. Ron Howard and actually Harrison Ford are both actors in American Graffiti. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting tie that he's like, "Oh, hey, you acted for me. You're a director now. I'd love for you to direct these Star Wars movies." I think we actually talked about that on the Grinch podcast, right? Oh, so, did Ron wait? Because Ron Howard directed it, right? And there's the scene where Jim Carrey pretends to be Ron Howard and does like the hat and walk around. All right, kid, here's what you're doing, you know, and it pretends to be him and it's really funny. Yeah. I think we didn't even watch that Grinch. We watched the other one. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I watched both. Yeah. You were a fool. I know. I know. I feel bad. I still feel bad about that. It's been six months. Yeah. I'm still hurting. (laughs) Uh okay. This movie starts up. I guess I don't know. I just want to talk. I just want to talk about this because this movie was riddled with production issues, like any Disney big budget movie. Yeah, like any good Marvel movie or Star Wars movie, it had like production issues because it's such a big company trying to make the movie. So this movie was originally directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who you may know, writers and directors who did Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty Two Jump Street, Lego Movie. Nice. Interesting resume. I think they did Cloud yeah. with a Chance of Meatball, maybe too. I haven't seen. That's but, right. So they've done animated stuff and already comedies. Disney was like, we would love for you to do solo, a Star colon, almost missed it, a Star Wars story. Yeah. And they were like, sweet, we'd love to do it. They shot most of the movie. And then oh, they, wow. the production moved from one spot to another, like, you know, from UK, I think, to some island somewhere. 
Kathleen Kennedy is like, sweet, let's see the footage. She was shocked. She was like, I hate this. <laughs> so, which, which is just weird to me because I think the trivia noted that like the screwball comedy, whatever they were going for, was just like shocking. They didn't, they just, they just didn't like the shots that they got. And they're like, we hate this. Yeah. Um, and some of the crew were like, we don't like working with them. Their screwballs are weird. They're off the wall. So they were like, cool, we're going to fire you. <laughs> Yeah. And who can we get to do it? Hey, Ron Howard, he's the dude. He came in. Ron Howard reshot 80% of the movie, 80% of their footage. I don't know how much more additional shooting was left, but he reshot 80%. Technically, Phil Miller, Phil Lord and Chris Miller should have been listed as director still. Because I think you have to shoot 90% of the movie to be the director. So I don't think Ron Howard met that criteria, but they came to an agreement. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Ron Howard's the director. Phil Lord, Chris Miller, you'll get a producer credit. Yeah. Everyone's fine. Here's what kind of blows my mind about this. Why would you hire directors who have done Lego Movie and 21 Jump Street, both like hard comedies? I don't know, like I haven't seen 21 Jump Street, but people like it. It's very good. People really like those movies. Yeah. I'm assuming they're very funny. They're very it's got funny. a good cast. Maybe I'll watch them one day. Yeah. Lego Movie's great, very funny, very wacky, and it has just that right punch of oh here's some sentiment here's some meaning this is just a fun movie i love the lego movie i think it's great why would you hire them and then complain about the screwball comedy aspect what's that about why would you hire people who have done only comedy work and then be like we don't like that you're trying to make this into a comedy my last point i think i don't know what what 20 percent of this movie (laughs) is their footage versus ron howard's i'm guessing it's like half of the comedy shots. Yeah. Here's my thing about this. This movie could have been Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's a Star Wars movie. You know? Mm-hmm. We got a comedy director. We're doing a lot of comedy, but it's in a sci-fi, Star Wars, whatever, which could be a great mix, I think. I'm very curious to see like their cut of this movie, which obviously could never happen because there's so much post-production work and and everything, but I don't know. Giving you all that background, what what are your thoughts? How does that frame up the movie? Now that you've seen it twice, now that you know they shot most of the movie. Am I wrong about the Guardians of the Galaxy thing? Because I think there were a lot of bits in this movie that didn't quite land the way they should have, but I'm like, I see what they were going for. And I think it was mostly there. Just, I think they needed the freedom to do it. It's like the Edgar Wright thing. Like, Why did you get Edgar Wright to make an Ant-Man movie? And then not let him do the Ant-Man movie he yeah. wanted to do. You knew you knew what Edgar Wright was. <laughs> He's done four movies before Ant-Man ever came out. So same with these guys. They've done like four feature films. Like, what? Don't you know what you were signing up for? Yeah. I think I think it could have been. I think if it I mean, these are the same people who this is after Guardians of the Galaxy had come out and everything though, right? One or two years, yeah. So I mean, like, it's Maybe the same. At the super high level, it's the same or in the same circles of people that produce those kinds of movies. So I do kind yeah. of think like if it if what they saw was that or had the potential to be cut or reshot in such a way to be that, that's what they would have gone for. Mm. I think what it probably was was something that was so like it was the only thing that can make me think them 
take uh, just eating that cost is that it must have been like so far outside of the tone of Star Wars and yeah. what they wanted for Star Wars that it would have made like Last Jedi look like yeah. the original movie, you know. I wonder I just I just wonder about it. Like they're obviously capable directors. Yeah. They've done commercially successful movies. So which I think and it was also But it's also like if you're okay, my thing is like if you're gonna be the like overarching lore, you know, if you're gonna be the Kevin Feige of the Star Wars universe, that's Kathleen Kennedy, right? I think that's her name. Yeah. Then why aren't you there? Like, why aren't you seeing well, why did they get through shooting most of the movie and then you're like, oh, this is not what I wanted. I have a thought because I Tell this me. is what I thought. I was I looked up. Where does this fit into The Last Jedi, which came out and was very poorly received? Yeah. By Star Wars fans, because people there were people who liked the movie. So I'm going to take my knife off so I don't cut a hole in my yeah. chair here. Um, it was like critics like yeah. The Last Jedi. Everyone else hated it. Yeah. Right? Star Wars fans didn't like it, mm-hmm. but like movie fans thought it was a good movie. Yeah. But not a good Star Wars movie. Uh huh. And this was the next one. So I think that's why they were panicking about like this has to work as yeah. a Star Wars project and we can't. So I think that's that coming out to that and that departure from normal Star Wars being the upsetting so many fans was probably why she was like, nope. you know, if this if Last Jedi had done really well, mm. she probably would have been like, I trust you guys, because that was the attitude they took with Ryan Johnson. Mm. It's like, you know what you're doing. You make the movie. As long as nothing is outside, like this is, parameters. Huge, this is the sandbox. Yeah, you a can, huge sandbox. You yeah. just got to not. You can't be like, and then there's another Death Star that Jesus <laughs> made or something. As long as you don't do something like that, you're fine. It's a Death Star that only kills the sinners on the planet. <laughs> no, like, it's, the, it's Mexico made it. It's Jesus. But everybody calls him Jesus. Anyway. Yeah. That was so. Fun. That's what I thought you were going to say, but then you didn't. I, <laughs> you failed me. Jesus. Okay. I, uh, yeah, so that, that's just where I'm at. I don't know. It's a weird, Ron Howard just seems to me like, it seems like what they did is they're like, oh, this, these directors, I don't know. It's not like they're like super niche directors either. It's like 21 Jump Street was a pretty broadly accepted comedy. Like comedy fans seem to all enjoy it. Yeah. Lego movie was like a solid family movie, critically pretty well received. I think it might have been left out of the Oscars, which is kind of weird because like it's not hard to get an anime. You know, if you're a big bunch of animated movie, you're going to be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, basically. So that was weird, which I think was like a total snub. Yeah. One of the biggest snubs of Oscar history. Yeah. In my opinion, just because it wasn't wasn't even nominated in a category that's like. There's only like seven movies that qualify in that category anyway. You're like, it wasn't one of the top five of those seven? Because I would argue it was like top two that year. So, yeah. I don't so, know. I just think it's weird. Well, I do almost wonder, like you were saying, it could have been Guardians of the Galaxy. That may have been their plan. Like this mm-hmm. would be Guardians of the Galaxy and you'd have Lando and Han Solo and they'd be like the buddies and they got all these other people and messing about. See, one thing they did mention too was like, oh, I didn't like... Maybe this has to do with the two, but they're like, didn't like the improvising, didn't like like going off script. We want a shot as it's scripted, which is fine. But if you look at like Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi, yeah, he's going to say, okay, here's the outline, but what are the props we have today? Oh, yeah. this prop is ridiculous. Why did they give this to us? 
let's make a joke about it. Like, forget the script we did for this scene. Let's just do a scene talking about these weird weapons <laughs> that they're going to, you know, and it's like, that's like a great two and a half minutes of material, you know, that yeah. they just improvise on the set. So like, but they were mad about things like that. I don't know if it was good improvising, bad improvising, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. It just like Ron. Okay. Here's what I was getting. Ron Howard just seems to me. I'm not like a big Ron Howard fan. He's obviously a good director. He's had some good things, some okay things, but he's, he just seems like a much blander, you know, it's like, Oh, you have these kind of interesting guys. Lego movie was like totally different from whatever animated movies were going on at the time. I thought it had a great script. I thought it was very well done. So you're going to take someone who has like kind of a unique spin on it. Let's, let's keep Star Wars fresh. And instead they're like, nope, nope, we got to walk this back. Get me like a pretty generic director who's just like going to do a good job on it and keep it like broad. Yeah. That's what I didn't like. It's like, okay, pick a director. Are you going broad? Because let someone start with that. You know, reshooting 80% of a big budget movie is not cheap. Yeah. That's also, that's the other thing is like, if you just finished it out the way it was going, didn't have to get actors back. There's also some crazy complications that Paul Bettany's in this movie. He was not originally in the movie. Someone else played that role, couldn't make it back for the reshoot. So they're like, darn, need another actor. So there's an entire, like every scene with Paul Bettany, which is like half of the last, you know, 25% of this movie has him in it. Yeah. Those are all reshot with him in it. So you're like, you think about that person. Uh, I need to look him up because I did not recognize the name at all. Okay. I'll look it up though. Yeah. So what, what is my, is my take too hot? Is it too spicy? I think what you're thinking, like you're thinking the same way they were probably thinking when they picked these guys where they were like, look, this has worked with Marvel and you know, there's been some missteps where there's Mm -hmm. been too much of creative differences, but it's worked out really well. We've built this huge cinematic universe that everybody loves has made us billions and billions of dollars at this point. You know, let's just start doing that with Star Wars. And then I think what they found with The Last Jedi, or at least the feeling of the people at the top. Was, oh, Marvel's crazy. Like they're you can literally do anything and the fans will be like, I love it because it's backed up by some comic book. There's so many different. So much depth of material, breadth of material to go. And if you do something completely different that's never been done in a comic book, there's. 10,000 different storylines from different comic books. So there's a history of nothing really matters except for the costume basics and the name, like everything else around it, like uh, something this is DC, but it's comic books where I think it was Max Landis wrote a Superman comic book, but it was like a graphic novel, like a mm -hmm. thick boy. Yeah. And he said in a meeting with, like the heads, the story heads that are like, this is we're like in charge of kind of directing you and telling you what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you can do anything you want with Superman. And he was like going through it and he's like, oh, well, there's this where Superman gets drunk. And they're like, Superman can't get drunk. And he said, well, mine can. And they said, OK. That was their response. Superman can't get drunk. He's Superman. Yeah. And he's like, well, mine can get drunk. Yeah. And their and their response was, all right, that works. <laughs> and so that's just so that you know and then you come try to apply that same attitude to star wars like they did with last jedi where it's like you can do anything you want as long as the basics are right and there's this huge uproar from their fan base Mm -hmm. and they were like oh we cannot treat star wars the same way we have to like force it into these more rigid so i don't think you'll ever get like an edgar wright star wars movie because they're probably 
throwing up these huge bumpers that it's like you have to stay within this lane. Yeah. Well, it's a bummer because at one point they were going to do a. Uh, Ryan Johnson was getting his own Star Wars trilogy, like separate of everything else. We're like, we're new trilogy, separate from Skywalker Saga, somewhere else. Yeah. I'm like, do it that way then. I don't know. I just don't understand. I, I get that this is all tied into the Skywalker Saga, but how how sacred is if we made the prequels, how sacred is the Skywalker Saga? If there's a Jar Jar Binks in the Star Wars universe made by George Lucas, mind you, it's not like Ryan Johnson threw in Jar Jar Binks. It was this is the man who created the whole thing. Yeah. So why can't why can't Phil Lord and Chris Miller make a Star Wars movie? Which, that's why I think we talked about this when we did the third one. I think if they could if they thought they could get away with it, Disney would remake or uncanonize the prequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because they're numbered entries in the main series, they're like, we can't. If we remake them, it's going to open the door to people. People aren't going to like like it because there are a lot of people that like the prequels, like people our age that grew up with them. They're like, this is a trash movie, but I like it. And a lot of people would be mad there. A lot of people would be scared. They'd remake the originals and it wouldn't be a good move for yeah. them to do it. Yeah. So that's almost what I wonder is like they were like, oh, we'll get this. We'll do we'll do like a Guardians of the Galaxy backlash. Oh, shoot. We need to course correct or this is going to be in. We can't have two huge Star Wars movies fail in a row. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't, it's not like Last Jedi failed, right? It just it did fine money wise. It yeah. just it got good reviews and got. A there's lot also of money. a lot of talk like the bombed reviews on Rotten Tomato. Like that was one of the big movies that got hit with bomb reviews. Where it's just like, I think people are purposefully tanking yeah. this movie's score on Rotten Tomatoes because its yeah. critic score is great. It's like, which is, the critic score is way more verified than the audience score because the audience yeah. score is just oh whoever pops on here. And, throws a review down whereas the critics like oh are they published anywhere like where you know it's yeah. a different rotten tomatoes for last jedi is the tomato the reviews uh-huh it's 500 reviews or almost 500 reviews 90 percent, and then the audience is over a hundred thousand at 42 percent. yeah i think it deserves the 90 percent better more than the 42 yeah. for sure that's definitely for me that's a b plus movie for sure yeah you know but also, at least the last half of it is i mean it cost it cost like three hundred and something million, and it made a billion over that. Star Wars, I think, with the exception of one or two Star Wars movies, you talked about this. Star Wars is always the highest grossing movie of the year, with the exception of whichever one came out the same year as Endgame. I think. Yeah. You know, or one or Infinity War, one of those. Where it's like, yeah. oh, Star Wars got beat once, and it was by Marvel. Yeah, but this movie, I think, because of Last Jedi. This one barely made his money back. Mm. Like it broke even with the budget. And the budget was bigger than well, Last Jedi. Well, well, that's the other thing. That's why it's not a fair comparison as well, because they're always releasing the trilogy movies. Not, I guess, some of some prequels were summer releases too, but the new trilogy, they always did at Christmas. They're like holiday release. Everyone has those two, you know, people have that time off from school. People have at least the two days off from work. Everyone's with their family everyone sees movies that two weeks so like a holiday release is a great way if you're the biggest fish at a holiday release you're gonna do well this was a memorial day release yeah which is not a bad weekend to release it but it's not the same as getting a holiday release i would say yeah but also you know i mean i'm sure that budget is inflated because of the having to do the reshoot reshoot 
80% of the movie, yeah, yeah. your budget's going to go way up. You got to pay another director now and you got to get, oh, what? You're just going to get back Woody Harrelson and Aldrin, what's his name? And um, Khaleesi, what's her name? Oh. Emma Clarkson. Yeah. Emma Clark. You're, who's like, Emily one, Clark. what, a huge, huge star at that time you know that's like the height of game of thrones you're like you're yeah. gonna get all them back for reshoots great let's just do that that's easy i'm sure they also had to fight with h uh like time warner hbo like game of thrones to get her Schedule, that's what i'm saying the scheduling has to be a nightmare for reshoots if you're name you know people names like that amelia clark that's her name amelia right. clark thank you okay so the original actor for dryden was yeah. michael k williams who you may know from The Wire, from the Assassin's Creed movie, 12 Years a Slave, Boardwalk Empire, a lot of TV, uh, mostly TV, I would say. A lot of HBO shows. So, which is kind of a bummer too, because this was like right around the time of everyone's like, oh, the Oscars are so white. Like, we had a villain who was black in a blockbuster Star Wars movie. You know, so you, you recast the black dude as a white guy because of reshoots and you recast the director. It's like, oh man, that's a, which, that's a bummer. <laughs> I think if I had to pick somebody to replace him and you were thinking about who can do the same tone, I probably Paul Bettany would have been probably who I would have gone for, too. I get I mean, they have to replace that similar frame, right? Kind of like that little bit slender, slim face. What's more like do they can do the soft spoken, sinister guy. Yeah, I think that's their. I get it. I like that. I would. Paul Bettany did a good job. I'm sure this guy did a good job. I would have preferred this guy. The, yeah yeah the other guy because I, like I like him a lot i like paul bettany i mean i would have been very curious to see his this guy's michael kelly williams performance but you know it's just in a movie that is already very white oh yeah it's like god that would have been great representation but whatever we can't have film morning chris I, I i think it's funny when they i just think it's funny like these guys have a four feature film resume you know what they do why weren't you on set to see this problem before most of the movie was shot? You know? Yeah. If you're going to overturn the city, you have to well, be there, right? Well, that's why I wonder. Are you so not looking at dailies? You don't get to see any of that? Like, you're just sitting in your office waiting for them to be like, hey, the movie's mostly shot. Is this okay? Like, isn't there a project management wise? I'm in a project management class. Yeah. Was there no communication where it's like, oh, let's check in on the vision. Let's make sure we're, you know, where was the check in? This that is what I think. Was missed. Because it takes a couple of years to make a movie, right? Uh, yeah, as far as I mean, especially a big budget one. We're like, OK, yeah. we got to we got to birth the project, get the budget, write the script, figure out who's getting cast, like all that. That's a lot of roundup time shooting a movie like this is going to take two or three months, probably maybe more. Yeah. So here's what I think. They they launched their new Star Wars movies. Disney's purchased Lucasfilm and they're mm-hmm. like Star Wars. And they're like J.J. Abrams. Go J.J. Abrams can do all the stuff. He has his own production company. He doesn't really need Disney to be involved at all. And that's probably what kind of happened where he took and did everything and just, he's like, well, we're just going to remake the, fir- or the original movie basically. Yeah. And it came out, sold a billion tickets and the, everybody was rich. And then they're like, all right, Ryan Johnson's turn. We trust you. JJ Abrams could handle it without much oversight. You're going to handle it without much yeah. oversight go for it it comes out everybody loses their dang minds yeah. and then they're like oh no you guys show me what you got they're like well we're 80 percent done so here's our rough draft of the movie and then she's like i hate it you're mm-hmm. fired yeah 
And then that probably kicked off much more. Now there probably is like weekly meetings of like, show me what you have now. Like I'm going to show it to me. <laughs> yeah. But you can say that, but Rise of the Skywalker. I liked Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I liked it as well. Yeah, I but think was it the fulfillment of was the trilogy a fulfillment? of You know, like, did they? Here's what I think. How many me, lessons to learn and apply to that movie? This is the path I think they took. They're like, do whatever. And they pick J.J. Abrams, who you want to talk about bland. The guy just makes generic movies and shows and it's terrible at finishing them. So they're like, we'll give it to you. He makes a good start. He's always good at starting stuff. And then they're like, fine, everybody can do everything. They're like, oh, you guys have gone way too far over. We need to cater to the hardcore nerds, the people mm -hmm. who have made this franchise worth what it's worth. J.J. Mm -hmm. Abrams, the guy famously bad at finishing things because you muddy the water too much. Mm -hmm. Finish it. And he's like, what, you want the nerds to be happy? Say no more. Mm. I'm going to bring in stuff that nobody's going to know exists yeah. in Star Wars except for the super nerds. And that's what he did. So it's like, a, oh, they're going, they're going. Oh, it's going to be, oh, I can see this going to a cool place. Nope, we're going down here now. Okay, that's, yeah. I think, how it went. They're like, nope, yeah. we don't like that. We're going right back down to where we were. And then they over course corrected into the super nerd stuff. Uh, like well, when you're like the emperor, when you're like, oh, this is the there's force clones and the Sith cult and oh they're doing this and oh this uh, yeah that's for everybody there's like a billion force powers and stuff. Yeah, and it's like you're going too. Hard. This is something you put into a novel. Yeah, not yeah. into a movie. Remember Ray? <laughs> Can we get back to Ray? <laughs> What's she doing? Is there? Yeah. Everybody's related. It's just funny because you think about it too. Like the whole heart of the series is like Skywalker, Skywalker, Skywalker. Like Luke, 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 Anakin, Anakin, Anakin. And they introduce this new Jedi who's really great, Ray. They're like, oh, Ray's the heart of the series. And then Rise of the Skywalker, I feel like is kind of just like, no, that's stupid. Palpatine is the heart and soul of the series. <laughs> like that's who we need. Yeah. You know. That's what we need to be showcasing here. Yeah, which I do. The thing is, I know they've always been clear. And I, George Lucas, in his original plans for the nine movies, mm -hmm. has said the all nine are it's Darth Vader's story. Uh huh. So, but who's Darth Vader in the last three? Well, it's just the uh, Ren's relationship with him and trying yeah. to follow his footsteps right so but then once like, you bring in palpatine then it's not vader anymore right well it is what i'm thinking it's the beginnings of vader right mm -hmm. so you've got the origin of vader vader the legacy of vader that's uh -huh. kind of the way that right the plan was so i would go so hard into palpatine because you teed up they lost snoke. focus on the vader thing i think teed up snoke and you teed up kylo ren really well yeah and then you do the Ren Ray thing, but then Ray, whatever. We're talking talking about this movie. We're not even talking about Solo Cole yeah. and a Star Wars story anymore. Yeah. There's time. Okay. There's time to go back to that. Okay. We haven't talked hardly about this movie at all, but here's what I'll say. Yeah. 
I liked a lot of the comedy. I wish it had been a comedy director to really kind of sell some of the comedy in it. I could have, if this was Gardens and Galaxy, I think it would have shown through start to finish. Yeah. It wasn't. And so it had kind of just no, even like at the start, Han is like, I've got a thermal detonator I just activated. And you're like, that's a rock. And you just made that sound with your mouth. But like, I feel like the comedy director could have made that scene like 20% better and like made it really like shine. Because I feel like it was kind of like we're still trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But I love the writing of it, you know? I'm like, the writing of it's there. Yeah. You know, the part where he's like, watch this. And he tilts the ship over yeah. and then he goes through and you're like, I'm doing it. But then like it stops, <laughs> you know, right towards the end of the tunnel. You're like, oh. That's what here. I was just thinking. I wonder if that whole Corellia part is from. See, I, that's guys. what I suspect. But it's just like Ron Howard didn't cut it the way that it needed to. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I just think it needed. Well, if they cut out a bunch of jokes to make it fit with the tone more, mm-hmm. that could have been it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I liked where they were going. I really like the actor they picked to play on. I thought he was great. Oh, the yeah. only thing he doesn't have, he doesn't have the, the Harrison Ford voice. Harrison yeah. Ford has a way deeper voice. He's got a much higher voice. So that's the only mismatch. But like the look and everything, I thought it was great. And I think that he's a great actor. Yeah. So I liked the casting of it. In fact, they said... When Phil Lord and Chris Miller were starting the project off, he was the first person that auditioned. They auditioned a bunch of bunch more people, and they were like, it was the first guy. <laughs> like yeah. the first guy was the right choice. Let me tell you some of the names they auditioned for him. I don't know if you've seen this. Give it to me. And I'm sure we talked about this last time, but I recognize more of the actors this time. Yeah. Other possible other people that te- like screen tested for it. I don't even recognize the first one. So sorry about that. That guy, that. Yep, don't know who that is. Rami Malek, Ansel Igor, Jack Rayner, who we know is from the UK, yeah. <laughs> but doesn't always have a consistent accent. Oh, yeah. Depending on who you ask him to be. Uh, Scott Eastwood, Chris Pratt, which really would have made it Guardians of the Galaxy, and Taron Edgerton. All very, all basic white boys. <laughs> you yeah. know, all people are like, oh, you got brown hair. You can, you're famous enough to do it. I think any of them could have done it. Yeah. Taron Edgerton, I think, would have been the best had they gone with the screwball. Yeah. Sure. I like Taron Edgerton a lot. And I Me think too. he could be funny, but he he is British. Rami Malik would have been wild. Because <laughs> he's like his family. Where's his family from? Because his, his ethnicity is like somewhere Middle Eastern. It's Eastern Europe, I think. Yeah, but it. Which is just like would be an interesting choice for Harrison Ford. You know, if you're trying to like draw the line from Rami Malek to Harrison Ford, because Rami Malek has dark hair. He has like black hair. Wouldn't they have had to, would they have had to wig him, do you think? Or dye his hair, do you think? Uh, Wig him. Just shave his hair. Rami Malek is gray. I just think that would be, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So anyway. He's got the real, he's got the bug eyes. I don't, I can't imagine that he was considered for any length of time, really. Strongly considered. Yeah. I think he could have. I think he would have done a fine job. I think if you had gone like a real serious route with this, like, because I feel like there's so many different ways you go with it. You could go with the, um, origin story of he's a he's a scoundrel. He's a, you know, a thief. Mm-hmm. Or you can go well, like the well, he was a officer in the Imperial Navy, which is one of the origin stories of yeah him, where he was like. 
because that's I think one of the things is that's how he met Chewie is like he was an officer stationed on Kashyyyk ordered to kill a bunch of Wookiees and he disobeyed yeah. the order and that was like how it all started and then there's the oh he grew up as a thief on Krillia and just partnered with yeah there's also the original the George Lucas thought where he was like oh he's a, a little orphan boy on Kashyyyk yeah and he helps locate Grievous which is a thought for yeah. episode three um oh yeah yeah so anyway any of those would have made for an interesting but yeah i think yeah i would have picked rami malik had they gone with the imperial officer route yeah yeah because i think he could do that better Mm -hmm. uh so he's on Corellia. he's in love with kira played by amelia clark they have a shot to get off of Corellia. really is like victorville no <laughs> it's like it's just like a hole where everyone's like oh you made it out of there good yeah. for you in like a that old sewer guess, dump uh, like a, a real thing i think really is supposed to be kind of like like a pittsburgh where it's like an industrial hub and nothing else right so like if you're a, a north in there yeah there's nothing mm-hmm. i mean it's your your parents work in the factory or you're living in the sewer mm-hmm. like a dickens style oliver twist you know yeah yeah your orphans is this where they make ships mm-hmm. that's what they deal so he they have a shot to get off han solo gets separated from kira no they're leaving han gets separated from kira oh, gosh okay yeah han does han gets his name because he's a loser loner so they call him han solo which is fun i saw one trivia fact that are like no it's like it's supposed to be a nod to vito corleone and i was like wait okay let me go back so i did the research on it because uh, Vito Corleone's name was Vito Andalini or something like that. And they're like, oh, you're from Corleone. So your name just going to be Vito Corleone. I'm like, yeah, I think that's a loose time. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. think that's like a real thing. I don't think they modeled that scene. Did they model that scene off of the Vito Corleone thing? It's been a while since seen Godfather Part 2. I've never seen Godfather. So, so I don't know. anyway, I thought that was a dumb trivia fact. I was like, I was because I thought maybe it was like, oh, maybe Corleone means like solo or, you know, like alone or you know single in italian nope it's just where he's from so who i said your, bs who are your people i'm like that's not how last people. names work right yeah no i don't know it was they did it though they said the name of the movie we can all high five to that <laughs> let me yes, yes tyler Thank you. yes you sir with your hand raised yes um <laughs> hello i'm the tyler berkshire with the opinion havers podcast <laughs> um <laughs> I would like to do we my have a lot of other people to, would like to ask questions. Uh, uh, you, I think please, the, floor, the floor is mine, sir. Thank you. <laughs> will you yield your time? <laughs> no, I will not yield my time. It is my time right now. Are you filibustering? Right I'm going to filibuster. Are you filibustering so this be, podcast? Yes, yes. I am. I want to do my patented. I want to pitch you my idea how I would have done it if I was a famous Hollywood director. You want the Bergstrom cut? Bergstrom cut. All right. How's this going to go? Keep in mind, after you shoot most of the movie, I will replace you with Ron Howard. Yeah, so. that's fine. That's fine. Ron Howard will keep this because it's so genius, mm. Cody. Here's what you do. You the guy have- revving his motorcycle. Hold on. Pause. Pause. The guy revving his motorcycle outside was doing that at 1230 last night. And I can only imagine. Hold on. Let me look at the one. I need to know who it is because... looking he's peering he's gazing oh i see a dirt bike i see who it is it's a dirt bike i was so mad the I was dirtiest 
but he didn't do it once. He did it six different times over a period of 20 minutes. So I was like, is this the last one? This has to be the last one. I'm in bed. Everyone's in bed. It's after midnight. Okay, pitch me. Okay. So you have, I don't know, whatever. At some point during them going, you say something about how him saying he flies solo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's a loner. He's a douche. You know? Like yeah. that. And then you have him say, what's your name? And he says, Han. And then... Han says solo, like he picks it, mm. but instead they had the dude lick the inside of his cheek and then say solo. Here's the thing, Cody, mm. my last name, not my real last name. I fooled you. My no. last name is actually Erickson. Mm. It should have been anyway. Okay. Point is, when you join the army, if they got too many of a last name, they make you change your name. Thus happened to my grandfather or great-grandfather. I think he's a great-grandpa. Yeah. Joined the army, and they're like, there's too many Ericsons. You're dumb. I hate you. <laughs> Pick from this list. And the list is like Smith, Baker. What, you know, it's like a bunch right. of dumb names. And then Bergstrom, which is Swedish. Great-grandpa was Swedish. So he's like, boom. That's why everybody's like, oh, do you know Gerald Bergstrom? No. It was on a list in the army, and they all moved to Michigan. Yeah. So, no, I don't know your friend with the last name Bergstrom. Mm-hmm. Stop asking. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll stop right It's Minnesota, now. not Michigan. Sorry. Michigan's dumb and we hate it. So, yeah. We like Minnesota because of Fargo, right? Yeah. Because you can say Minnesota with an accent. Minnesota. It's delightful. Michigan has no accent. Hit me with that St. Are... Paul, Cody. Oh, uh, they got lovely houses over there in St. Paul. I said that to my dad. He laughed hysterically. Because they do. Because the, he in his mind, what he remembers, St. Paul, trash. Oh, no. <laughs> the ghetto city that he lived next to. Anyway, point is, it's not how they do it. It's a list. I have a confession to make. What? <gasps> I think I like Michigan now because I watched both seasons of The Detroiters. You're the reason it's stuck on my Paramount Plus forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll watch, don't worry. We'll watch the pilot later. It's actually an excellent pilot. Like, the pilot, you know, every now, most pilots are bad for a TV show. And it's like, you got to sit through the pilot and the first two episodes if you want to see if you like the show. Detroiters, if you don't like the pilot, the pilot is the show, okay? It just picks up and runs with it. Yeah. So if you hate the pilot, you'll hate the show. So while I have left my filibuster here. <laughs> okay. I want to pitch to you my idea for the solo movie. Okay. It is not this movie at all. I forgot. I want you to know. (laughs) Because we got on the name thing. All right. Well, the name thing was that pitch. This is my whole. If they were like, Tyler, make the solo movie. Okay. And I would say, this is what I want to do. Tell me. Okay. It's Han Solo. He's a scoundrel. He's on Corellia. He's messing about. Maybe you you have a thing where he goes off. He joins the Navy to get away. Comes back. Mm -hmm. He's old now. He's an old man. He's an adult, right? But he's back. He got kicked out for not obeying orders. Or so he's either back or whatever. You know, he's you know, do the classic, everybody knows it. Doesn't matter what he did. He was in the Navy or Space Force. <laughs> now he's not. He shows back up. What's he gonna do? Mess about. Gets in over his head. How's he going to do it? Cody, they're going to do the Kessel Run. Okay. Everybody hates that they did the Kessel Run. This is how I pitch it. Okay. Got to do the Kessel Run. But you have like him and at least two or three other 
like smugglers that are also going to do it with their experience. One of them is Woody Harrelson. Then who's he meet? He meets Lando, his rich friend, his friend that is now like owns a factory that makes star destroyers or whatever. I don't know, but he's mm-hmm. rich and he's got a fast ship and he's like, we're going to do this. He talks fast, talks his way into it. Yeah. Then there's the guy he does it. You have the relationship be similar where it's like Woody Harrelson is on solo that, you know, from the movies mm-hmm. and he's just a dumb kid, but he's trying to be like him. And then they're all doing the Kessel run, but they're all trying to do it. And he wins in the end. And the other one's a dumb, but it's like a, a buddy adventure movie with him and Lando. Yeah. And it's like a road trip adventure to do it the fastest. That would have been better. It would have been, no, it would have been good. And it would have been a better use of Donald Glover, who yeah. I thought did a great job. I think the first time I watched it, I was like, hey, dude, you did all right. I think rewatching the movie, and I'm a Donald Glover fan, okay? Yeah. Bino and I go way back, all right? I'm a Bino fan from Dirty Rock, from Community, like the good old days, okay? So mm-hmm. I've been here. Oh, yeah. I've been here for the whole ride. Anywho, what about the Martian? I don't know. Oh yeah, he's in that. He's very yeah. good in it. Okay, so, okay. Anywho, watching the second, I was like, he did a great job. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he did the Obi Wan Kenobi thing where Ian McGregor like studied the way Alec Guinness talked. You could tell. Obviously, Bino's like a huge nerd. Charles Gambino, Donald Glover, huge nerd, and he grew up like a Lando Calrissian fan, Star Wars fan. But he obviously like I'm gonna rewatch that movie ten times and I'm gonna talk just like him. Yeah. And he did a great job. Like did a great. Whereas I think the only flaw of Aldrich, his name is so hard. The guy who plays Killian? Han Solo. The guy uh, who plays Han Solo. Tell me about his name. How do you say? I can never. Aldrin. Uh, it's so hard. It's loading. I'm, I'm, Aldrin. Oh gosh. Einrich. It's so long. Einrich. I'm so sorry about your name, sir. I can't say it right. Yeah. Think about Alden, the actor from Solo. Does a great job, has the look. I love his charisma. Doesn't have the voice. Yeah. Donald Glover nails the voice, which is funny because they both have higher pitched voices. And Donald Glover commits to a lower register Lando Carissian voice. Yeah. And I love it. He did a great job. So I, I do think your pitch works that in better. I'm like, if you're going to, if you're going to Donald Glover be in it, Donald Glover's like Swiss Army knife can do music, can do comedy, can do acting, will do anything. Let's use him, you know? Yeah. I guess from the mix there more than he was in this. Yeah. I just, I like the idea of it being like, or like you have it. Cause at the end he mentions, Oh, this Jabba guy is putting together a crew. Mm-hmm. Have it be Jabba's doing this job and it's the biggest job, but you have to earn the slot in the job by right. doing this race whoever's doing the castle run, run fastest wins slot in the crew or whatever yeah that's interesting that's a very interesting proposition because the thing about this movie i do think they're doing a little too much it's kind of like some of the prequels where it's like no it's an epic or this one's like oh look we're we're like young adults on whatever Cor- not corleone that's that's the godfather really Corleone. yeah and look we got separated and then time passes. I missed like three years later thing. So I was like, how long has it been? Maybe yeah. like, no, it said three years. It's like, oh, okay. Because it seemed like it had been like five or 10 years. 
Yeah. It's like, how long has it been that he's been in the military? Now he's getting out of the military. You know, I do think they tried to make it a little too long of an epic. I would have preferred, kind of like you're saying, no, we've got a little background here, and here's the movie. Yeah. This is a two hour 15. You either need to be a little bit longer, even more background, or like 15 minutes shorter. And hey, we got to type two hours. Here's what we're doing. So yeah. that was one thing. Cause you're on Karelian. He's in the military. He goes with the smuggling crew, works his way into them. Now he's in trouble because they missed their payment. And now they got to do another heist thing. And that's how you get the Kesteron, which I didn't mind the Kesteron at all in this yeah. movie. I thought, like I said, I mean, once you introduce Lando, I think this movie gets a lot better and like just kind of picks up steam as you go. And you're like, oh, this is great now. Yeah. So and it does kind of feel like the, was it the Black Sun? What's the name of the organization? Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Is that right? That's a movie. Hold on. Is it Red Dawn? Did they really name Crimson it Red Dawn? Dawn? Crimson Dawn. Okay, Close. Thank you. <laughs> Crimson Dawn. The whole point of that is to get to the character reveal at the end where it's. Which, like, I guess Ron Howard had to fight for. Like, they weren't, they didn't have that baked in. And Ron Howard was like, no, I really want to do it. Like, I really want to finish it with the throw at Darth Maul in the mix. Which I'm pretty sure he's, yeah, like, in all the shows and stuff, that he's the head of Crimson Dawn. Yeah, it's a nice reference to the shows. But for people who have only seen the movies, it's kind of like, even Bailey, he's alive. Bailey was like, oh, what? He's dead. Like, I'd be like, no, he's in the show, I guess. But just, I I don't, I don't watch the, those yeah. shows so i was like i'd have someone be like oh no he's a lot i think i had heard it from my brother my brother's into the show so he's like yeah. oh yeah i talked about Darth Maul. brother's such a nerd my brother's a nerd yeah. for sure yeah but uh, so yeah i think it, the way that they revealed him it would have been better had or even if it's not java have it's like somebody's doing a job you got to earn it and then like the last 15 minutes of the movie you had the reveal. Oh, the head of this organization, Crimson Dawn, is. See, that's what I'm saying. The last 30 minutes could that could have been because this movie ends, it does some double crosses and twisties, which I actually really like the twisties and double crosses. Yeah. I think, like I said, the movie gets better as it goes, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. By the end, I'm like, this is a cool way to end the movie. I like it. But then at the very last five minutes, when it's like, oh, Darth Maul's here, I'm like, back that up. Because if you had killed off Paul Bettany, and that takes you into the third act and it's Darth Maul you're dealing with. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't know if you want to have like too long of it being like, OK, let's explain how he survived. But have it be more than. Uh, cameo. It, it was a cameo, but it was yeah. at the end, but it wasn't a post credit scene because it was just the end of the movie. It's also it a cameo of, of a character that's been like there are in timeline order six movies or, or five movies where he has been dead before this one right mm. well, no two, two, two movies two movies yeah two movies two movies so i found out this dead. opens the same time rogue one this and rogue one the beginning of this movie is 13 years before a new hope then rogue one fast forwards and goes right before yeah. a new hope but they both start 13 years before a new hope yeah so yeah, no, that's a good point. It's it's just one of the things. It seemed like such like a weird throwaway. It should have been a post credit scene. I think was it not post credit? No, I thought it was. It's just the ending of the movie. Oh, so it it goes with that. You tease the Darth Maul, and then you're like, okay, now let's show the card game where Han Solo wins the Millennium Falcon from Lando. That would have been a better way to swap those two. End it with him. Should have been. He got the Falcon. 
scoot forward because that's what's weird about this movie the other another thing about the writing of it and i don't know if this was in the original script or what it probably was because they were complaining about the lord and chris miller not following the script but also gets separated from the love of his life kira and then three years later han solo is running running with this smuggling crew woody harrelson by the way at one point it was going to be christian bale i'm glad they did woody because i think woody's more comedic yeah. Christian Bell can deliver any line you need to. He's a great actor. But I think if you're going to, for the role they had, I think it was like, yeah, no, probably a good choice to do Woody. Um, Especially since I feel like, you know, my thoughts that I feel like that character is supposed to be like they told them you act like Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And right. then he just acts like some kid that's enamored with you. Yeah. Yeah. So. So Kira is working with the Crimson Dawn. She's there. So her and Han Solo like meet up again. They're like, oh, this is crazy. They both go on the mission to get the crew they need, go on the Kessel whatever. And it, you know, they kind of just hint the whole time. Kira's like, I've done terrible things. I've done terrible things. I've done terrible things. In the movie, she's like, ditching you, Han. I'm going doing Crimson Dawn stuff. And for me, it just wasn't enough. All they did was say, I've done terrible things. Look, I mixed up with the bad crew. And that's it. I'm just like, what? But what did happen in those three years? Also- like. Also, Han you, was a stormtrooper. <laughs> right. And you made out with him in the closet. And so what's your problem? You know, I just that's one thing I didn't like about it. This movie. But the, I think I talked to Bailey about this, but you paint yourself into a corner because in A New Hope. You have Han Solo and Leia. Buttonheads, and then they kind of fall in love during the trilogy. Yeah. Like, OK, well, Han Solo can't be <laughs> tied up to anyone. But we need a love story. But the love story could have been Woody Carlson, his person, but she was in it too short. Anyway, it's just it's a weird thing where like, let's make it a love story, but you know they don't end up together because Han Solo isn't with her in the original trilogy. So you do paint yourself into a corner in that way. Um, I but I almost wish she had just like died in the heist or something. Cause it just yeah, like I like that she's like, Oh, I'm not gonna go after Han. And I gave him, let him get away with enough to like do whatever he did. Uh, but it's just interesting. She's like, No, you're the good guy. I'm not. I've done terrible things. And that's all anyone ever says. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, Amelia Clark, I don't believe that you, you know, she's got such like a friendly face <laughs> where you're like, you don't, you, it hasn't been that long. I'm not buying that you are this hardened criminal. You know, that just isn't there for me. Yeah. Let me, again, another twist, right? Let me, I'll pitch this to you. If you want to keep it. the Crimson Dawn, I'll replace Amelia Clark love interest. Mm-hmm. With like his best friend, he'd have it be a man, a woman, man, one best friend, an it could alien, also be family too. It could yeah. be brothers, sister, cousin. It could be one of a those two. We're like, we can do it. Like we can do the thing we've always wanted to do. Yeah, too. Just have like he got out, the other one got caught as they were leaving mm-hmm. or couldn't go. You know, here's my question: What terrible thing did she do? <laughs> and kind of this, what do you think she did? I think the terrible thing she did. <laughs> was I think she stuck a potato in the tailpipe yeah that's what I think that'll do it here's the thing when you spend half a movie talking about how terrible a thing someone did Uh the only in the same franchise where someone blew up a planet I murdered a bunch of kids in a a temple. Yeah. Killed children. (laughs) The only way you can go is 
super like him being like i murdered people as a stormtrooper yeah. i was ordered to gun down families and yeah. i did it and right. you're like i'm a terrible person because you because you like stole a car what you yeah know? Like, that's the only way you that, can go with is, that they left it so ambiguous but i i, I just didn't buy it it and that's the thing too is if Paul Bettany had her, I know she got trained in in fighting and she's good at fighting in the movie. But I'm just like, what is the purpose of her? Because she seems to be the negotiator, the diplomat. Because she calms Paul Bettany down when he's doing two villain. You know, he's like, no, let me let's bring this down. And see if there's a solution. Yeah. And even you know when they're doing the when they're going to get the crude, that's kind of like a little heist con thing. She goes in and she's like, look, I'm the diplomat here. We're selling you this. I want this in return. You know, so just like, yeah. What is the terrible thing she did? It's the same thing in Game of Thrones, I guess. Where it's just like, look, I'm here. I'm gonna lead my people. I'm gonna do. I murdered everyone. End of. I don't know why. Yeah. What? Why are we doing Amelia Clark like this? Why do we got to do her like that? We keep Smelly putting her Clark. in these roles. It's kind of the same in Last Christmas too. Where you're like. Oh, she's an absolute hot mess. She's terrible. You know, I don't know. I'm not buying she's it. A terrible person. I'm not buying it from her. Yeah. She's a terrible person because she she's slept on a couch. Yeah, it's like it's like okay. She's uh she's done what's, bad what's things. the name of the place in Game of Thrones? Winterfall. Winterfell. Winterfell. Is that the whole place? What's the whole kingdom? The whole place? Westeros. Westeros. She's Westeros' sweetheart. <laughs> and we're trying to make her into like this bad person. But like, that's not the casting we should be doing for Amelia Clark. Am I wrong here? Am I crazy? I mean, you're right. Like, and she's a good actress because she doesn't come off of that. If you see her in interviews, you're like, oh, she's like way too smiley. You know, she's a very bubbly kind of person. And then we catch in these things. And she does a good job acting. She doesn't have that personality. But like, that's why aren't we casting her more things where she can shine that way? Yeah. I don't know. It's just I'm not buying it. While we're talking about Amelia Clark, let's just talk about how wild it is that part of her brain is dead. I forgot. I always forget about this. You always she bring it up. Stroke sure. during Game of Thrones. Okay. Where a large portion of her brain mm -hmm. is just not, it doesn't, it's gone. It's mush. Mm -hmm. And she's fine. And doctors <laughs> are like, most people would be like paralyzed. Yeah. And she's like, sometimes I don't remember things very well. But they're like, she's like, I. it's like some like doctors like she's insane uh -huh. <laughs> that she shouldn't be able to function the way she does yeah. anymore. She should be a different person. But all she's she's like, yeah, I don't. Sometimes it's hard to remember a pin code. Yeah. I'm like, what <laughs> did I tell you that story about George Lucas? Did he have a stroke? He didn't have a stroke. George Lucas was a total gearhead, wanted to race cars yeah. for a living. That was his plan. Oh. got in a crazy bad car wreck like cr crashed a racing you know like a, a sports car into a tree and mm. was like in a coma for a week and was one of those things where like yeah no this dude's not never gonna be the same comes out of the coma recovers just fine kind of gets into obsession with film and does that but like were it not for that car crash we would not have wouldn't have Ron Howard because American Graffiti never would have made. Wouldn't have Harrison Ford. Wouldn't have any of Star Wars. Wouldn't have Indiana Jones. And where do you think about? That is we would have about. George Lucas, NASCAR star. Yeah. Here's the thing. Mm. In the special features of episode three, there's a, or no, just when I was looking stuff up, there's a documentary about Star Wars and George Lucas walks into a building behind the guy 
narrating it. Like they're walking down the street and he's like, yeah, this, that, and this. And it's like some, I think it's like a science-y type thing where they're talking about the science of it. Uh-huh. And then they're just walking down the street and George Lucas is just like, like a Bigfoot sighting. Like, <laughs> like what? And kind of walks behind him a little bit, stares mm-hmm. right into the camera and then just walks into a building. <laughs> and oh, it's man. funny because they're in the clip I saw, they like, it's like the guy's like, oh yeah. And then, and then it starts playing Star Wars music when it comes in and then stops when he leaves. Oh, it's really man. funny. That's so good. It's like, <gasps> oh, George. Um, He's everywhere. You can't escape him. Speaking of weird choices, the movie, I do think it was weird. I do think they tried to do too much because this is the part yeah. where like, you know, he's trying to get with the with Woody Harrelson's crew and he was like, I'm a great pilot. And he's like, you're a pilot. Like, Look, you're here. You're infantry. He's like, well, no, I got kicked out. For doing my own mind, having, having my own mind, which, you know, which is just like, it's one of those things you're like, this is bad screenwriting. You have to show this somehow like cut out the fighter pilot thing you have to cut out one of these things we're doing too much can we get to the cast can we get to whatever yeah. the last half of the movie is pretty strong i think strong well pretty well written pretty clear vision yeah i just think getting to it was a little wonky we did yeah. a little too much yeah it's just like yeah like you said i was i thought how wild it was how it is like he meets the crew and then you're like, oh, this is a cool crew. I like these people. And then most of them are dead. Right. Within like, it feels like five to ten minutes. Uh-huh. It's like, this is fast. I know. It's weird, too, because it's just like they have the campfire scene where they're like, oh, love is worth fighting for. And, oh, you know, this is what I want. This is what I want. You know, like they're all bonding. And five minutes later, they're all dead. You yeah. know, and it's just him. We're like, man, like we need to cut out the campfire scene. or We need to cut out the heist. You know, there was yeah there were too many steps like i said once lando's in here i think this is a very good movie until the end well it's like they're like we need to slam all we need to like just compact years of life experience that will make him han solo into mm-hmm. 11 minutes of screen i just time. wanted to see han solo <laughs> yeah i just wanted to see han solo on his own adventure that's what i was signing up for when i saw the movie yeah which I think you could have done just as easily if it was like that buddy road trip, like heist type movie. Right. Where it's all these people trying. They're all trying to do the same thing. And. It's just another group that he's slowly trying to act like this guy who he thinks knows what he, he's like. He's the one that I want to be like. So I'm going to start acting like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is interesting. I don't know, because Han, Han Solo is a very interesting character. Yeah. You know, you see him in throughout, because he's in like four or five Star Wars movies, and you see him and you're like, oh, he's here. He's obviously like this cowboy, you know, independent kind of dude. But look, he's getting involved with the good guys. Like, he's here. And so it is an interesting character. And I think by the end of the movie, they came around to that. Because it's like, oh, look, he took out Woody Harrelson. He shot first. But he still gave the hyperfuel to the people. I guess they're insinuating it's the people who are going to start the rebellion. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, he is a good dude, but he is also like a scammer and a scoundrel. And so it's an itch. They got there in the end, but it's just like some of these things didn't need yeah. to happen for us to show that. Like you said, you can show that through a buddy thing and have have that happen. Yeah. Which I also think like, you know, they try to make him out like, well, he's the guy that he's the good guy that thinks he's a bad guy. You know, he's like, I'm not a good guy, but he is a good guy. Yeah. 
And the that's what exactly what a good guy would say. Yeah, <laughs> but they do it like with the the you know I was in the Empire and I see that they're bad and it's like you could I would feel like it would have been better if he was like an officer that just got done with the his enlistment or something right. you know yeah where he's not like oh I got kicked out or it's like I got kicked out because. I was an imperial officer. I followed orders until they told me to do something that just was straight up evil. Like yeah. wipe out the Wookiees or something if you want to do it like that. Right. And then he's like, I did then I didn't. So now I'm here, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but that I feel like that could have been a cooler transition of him, like from this imperial officer that wants to be a good guy, but he will do shady stuff mm-hmm. as long as he's not like hurting good guys. Right have him transition from that to being more like him. Like it would have been funnier. I feel like if Lando was, they were friends or something mm-hmm. and he was like the reason he started to become more scoundrelly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. It's just weird just to go from like, all right, we're in the military. We're here. There's chaos. All right. He deserts the military. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Why did you do the whole, just cause he said, I enlisted. You could have just been like years later. Oh, he's in a prison pit or something. Okay. Yeah. okay. Somehow he got here. Mm-hmm. They do in between the, the episode five and six. They're like, and then Luke became a master Jedi. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think you can skip a lot of the middle stuff. Right. With Star right. Wars and get away with it. Um, the, the Chewbacca thing is a little weird. Yeah. I thought I thought the speaking Wookiee was, I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about him speaking Wookiee to... Chewbacca and that's how they kind of start to bond I feel like it's different than it's done in any other Star Wars property ever with it because it's like they usually have it where if you can speak Wookiee it's like that's weird but even like yeah like the Mandalorian the way they did it with the sand people mm-hmm. who also have they have like a similar language when they're talking to each right. other where he can't really speak it he can kind of speak some of it but it's mostly like sign language stuff that he yeah. has to do to communicate with them mm-hmm. but usually when people are talking to wookies it's like i can understand your language and you can understand mine i almost so yeah i almost language. wish they had done just that you know like let's skip the subtitles and him trying to make wookie noises but doing a bad job i wish they'd just been like hey like look look at the pipe like we can get out of here let's partner like i'm not here to, you yeah. know like i almost wish they'd just done it that way because it, it just felt so out of place because it's not done anywhere else in star wars yeah so i was like i understand you you understand me we're good they also make out chewbacca like a like a beast right you know? and, and why it's like, didn't he he's a he's you already established that he was like a general in the Wookiee army and yeah. friends with Yoda and like right. So it, it is knows. weird to put him in that spot where it's just like, no, he's a pit beast, just like the Sarlacc or you know, yeah. whatever you're like. Oh. And then later in the same movie, he's like, Yeah, I can pilot a starship. I'm a hundred years old. Right. And it's like it was, he was a pit beast 20 yeah, minutes ago. It was, it was kind of weird. Uh I did like their little shower scene though. That was cute. Yeah. <laughs> like he's you see his legs in the shower, then then Chewbacca steps right forward. He's like, we couldn't, have, we couldn't have taken turns or <laughs> couldn't have done this maybe one at a time. <laughs> oh, see, those, oh. I wish the movie just had more of that because I thought that was that yeah. was a good part. I thought it was working pretty well. You've sold me on it. I retract all my pitches. I want the original movie. <laughs> uh, Chewbacca. I don't like. I maybe touched on this before. I don't like when it's like, what's your name? Oh, Sm- Smorgenstein. 
that's too hard. I'll give you a nickname. Like no one does that because it's rude. Like it's really yeah. rude for somebody to be like, here's my name. Oh, Chewbacca. Three syllables, simple syllables, not a hard name. We're going to have to come with something else. Like, can't you just become friends and start calling him Chewy? Like, I don't, I never understood why they do that. We're like, it's just, it's a, it's a dialogue that happens in like every other movie where you're like, oh, you got to say your name and I got to complain about how hard it is to say it, And then I'll just make up a nickname immediately. Which like, there is one that I, the only one that I actually like is um, in the next or not the next in a couple movies, the episode seven. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's several. Are we doing timeline order? Yeah. Yeah. Timeline. So we got the originals before those. Yeah. Um, when Poe asks Finn what his name is and he says FN2187. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not calling you that. I like that. Which is that like, is a good example. It's of, like, that's like your slave name. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good example. If I just told you my name is Christopher and you're like, well, that's too hard. I'm going to call you Chrissy. You're like, oh, yeah. well, I didn't ask you to call me that. Christopher's not an abnormal name. You said it just you. fine. I'm not saying that every time. It's three syllables. Like you, I'd be an idiot to ever say something that's three syllables. Most people's names are two syllables. Three syllables is not exhaustive by any means. Yeah. I don't know. So I just... I'm just like, we know he calls him Chewy. Like, I, what did we get from that scene? Yeah. I got nothing from it, personally. You got the origin of the nickname. It's, well, that's the other thing. It's not even like, it's not even like, I'm going to call you Red. Because you are you got Red fur, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. it's like, nope. You shortened his name. Like, that's like if you're like, my name's Christopher. You're like, ah, oh, can I call you Chris? Yeah. Like, that shouldn't be in a movie because that is a very boring yeah. exchange. You know, it's just, it's not getting anything. I will call you Topher. <laughs> the superior christopher you were, uh i'm a big that 70s show fan can i just call you topher you know yeah anyway I just, i'm just saying i didn't get anything out of it so why is it in the movie yeah there, i mean there's a few of those things yeah like the the gun i know when we originally watched it you didn't like the origin of the gun being in it oh why does he kiss the gun that's what i want to know i don't care that he's I like i did like it this time watching it this time i was like that's fun it is fun. I like it because well, it's like a rifle that he takes the barrel off. That's why. Well, it's, it's cool because it, it shows like we've seen these kind of a gunslinger. Look how good he is with guns. He, you know, like it was also just part of the scene. It wasn't like a weird out of place thing. You're just like, yeah. all right, you're going to need this. You're like, all right. Yeah. I don't mind that. I, so think I didn't mind it this time. I got a hot take for you. Give Woody Harrelson. Me. Yeah. Spins the guns way too much. Oh, I had the same thought, but really just in the first scene when yeah. they're like in the in the middle of a crazy battle and you're like, you know what I need? Like, a little pepper. <laughs> I need to throw like, some pepper on this on this battle where I could die. Twirl, twirl, twirl. You know, yeah, it was too much. But yeah, I wish he'd just done some more just basic cowboy, you know, like oh, you can holster it a little fancy. But why are you doing too much in the middle of a battle? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I have a hot take for you. Remember how I was complaining about the whatever it was oh it was the droid football yes droid deathmatch boxing love it yeah. <laughs> that's in this movie because it reminded me of like uh the battle bots you remember yeah. that show oh, yeah. so good where just like people make like put a sledgehammer on a robot vacuum basically you know yeah. and they're just like all right let's fight i was like i like this this is a good use of let's just make an, a star wars sport that people are watching yeah i also thought it was a really good thing to one kind of introduce the character of the droid co-pilot l3 or l3 L- yeah three or l2 l7 37 l337 i think 
because so it's L3. kind of there's like a is it a programming language or design language called leet yeah and so they are oh l337 so they yeah. just like the yeah yeah numberification of it oh yeah l3 i think is what he calls yeah. it yeah l3 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 fun fact yeah l3 is played by phoebe waller's bridger i think that's her name bridges waller yeah Waller. phoebe we all know her phoebe at the time, I didn't know she was. Now I know she is because she's everyone knows her from like Fleabag, and she helped write the new James Bond movie. Yeah, uh, very funny lady. She's in a few shows, like British shows. She auditioned. I may have shared this last time too, but she auditioned, having never seen a Star Wars movie, did not know what a droid was. <laughs> so she showed up, read the lines just like a human. They're like, "Can you do it more like a droid?" And she was like, "Oh, droids are robots." <laughs> so she did it like that, and they're like, "Ah, no, we kind of like the way you did it." So they just like hired her on. Yeah. never seen a star wars movie nice just like popped in there and they kept that she was very much just like a human it was interesting i almost wish that was something i want to see the phil lord version of that because <laughs> it's like i don't know if ron howard showcased or had the i don't know yeah i thought that had more potential than it delivered yeah. on screen definitely i believe you know i i agree with you i believe you <laughs> Bailey, it was fun to watch the movie because i had we had all our takes from the first time seeing it Bailey had never seen it before, so she had her takes. She was like, I don't know how they made that robot look like a curvy black woman, but they did it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's how to put it. But I I like I just like that scene where she's there yelling at him. But it's like, because it introduces her and her like the fact that she's like, oh, this crazy droid rights activist. And that's yeah. like a personality quirk that they didn't have. Because I feel like if this was, I think if Howard Johnson had made this in movie without anything to like anything from another director. Uh-huh. I firmly believe he would have had a scene where Lando turned to like Amelia Clark. I mean, like she's a droids rights activist. So, you know, yeah, right, <laughs> like that. Yeah. And it's like, you don't got to say that. You just have we the death match in the we background. We just did the show, not tell. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the response from the guy be like, you leave him alone. He's never had it this good, which is like, <laughs> oh, this is what droids are like. So people who don't realize it, droids are like the they're sentient and mm -hmm. treated kind of like people, but not quite like people. Right. Like house elves. So, yeah. So it's like the guy like you leave him alone. He's never had it this good. So, <laughs> yeah. Just like that whole interaction. I was like, this is gold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Falcon looked too slim in this, right? At least the first shot before it gets kind of beat up. Yeah. It's like super skinny. I'm like, Why is it so skinny? I feel like it's like chunky in the latest trilogy was it or was my falcon memory just wrong i think it was chunkier in the original the it's original. a little slimmer i feel like in the newer one which i think is an interesting take because i feel like i didn't realize he said when he was talking about it because he says the ship and it um han knows that like he's like oh that's a that's a nice ship mm -hmm. before they see it and he says oh i made modifications mm -hmm. and he says he put uh escape module escape in the notch pod. and i was oh, like yeah. oh so the notch is supposed to be there and he modified it to take away the notch yeah uh i like i like that you know they get landed we'll use a ship whatever and he's like oh yeah you know pretty sketchy area so you got to keep my ship locked up <laughs> and it's <just> impounded <laughs> yeah uh, and he's like good. i'm gonna have to talk to somebody about this 
you okay, probably, you probably know about these. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that everyone's kind of scamming each other a little bit. I wish they played yeah. it up a little more. Because yeah. I think that's what they were going for the whole time with Han. Like, even in the beginning, they're like, he does not have a thermal detonator, but he's going to try to talk his way out of it and mend his way out of the situation, <laughs> which they do so many times throughout the movie. And I'm like, yeah, I wanted him to lean into that trouble because Lando's always doing it and Han's yeah. always doing it. And, and everyone's... And I think it really comes ahead by the end, but I wish that was built into the movie a little bit more. Because, you know, everyone's always bluffing something they don't. They don't actually have and yeah when he at the end where he's like see that ship down there it's full of 30 hired guns yeah and then he takes off away he's like all right you do your thing oh god i'm sorry which <laughs> <laughs> is good and then but well, when they're in the kessel run and the, the gun gets broken woody harrelson's like we lost the we lost the cannon that really hurt my thumbs <laughs> i was like i don't know some of those moments got me i yeah. liked them <laughs> they were good yeah I love, I do love the end of this movie when Han shoots first at Woody. Yeah. Because, you know, they're going through the thing. Amelia, uh, Kira leaves. And it's just, it's just interesting to see what, like, Han's going to do. But I love that he learns that lesson. He shoots first. And it's such a good, like, homage to the original. Yeah. Original A New Hope. And um, I just love that, you know, the whole thing is the guy's like, you gotta learn this lesson, gotta learn that lesson. Doesn't always listen to him. But there you're like, oh, no, this is, he did it. Like, he knows. Mm-hmm what he needs to do now but that's the other thing. like i feel like in my in my pitch you could still have that the exact same scene at that very end part you know mm-hmm. with him but i did like the fact that he shot him and then he goes over and he's like holding him up and he's like oh that's smart i would have killed you yeah you know like i was going to shoot you mm-hmm. when i was done talking and then you but you learned yeah passed on my wisdom yeah, I I appreciated that one. Uh, Dryden, how did you feel? I don't remember. What was your take on the brass knuckle, double bladed sword, double bladed knives? His weapon that he uses at the end. Yeah. Cool. Dumb. Um, it's a cool use of the vibro blade style thing, but I feel mm-hmm. like it is. It's difficult to have like the cool weapons in Star Wars and it not be a lightsaber. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is hard. I feel like the the Red Guard or Knights of Ren, they yeah. capitalize on it pretty well. Yeah. But it is hard. There's yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what it looked like to me, is kind of like a red guard spear i almost just wish it was like a short saber but it had like the brass knuckle grips you're like oh look it's a little cool yeah it's just who's who's swinging around something that short that's also brass knuckle i don't know i did feel like it fit his character though yeah yeah like his look his voib his voib fun fact about dryden <gasps> he has memorabilia yeah uh, not memorabilia but you know he's got like artifacts sort of in his office those are from indiana jones movies there's like piece if you look at it like there's pieces from like a couple you know something from temple of doom like a fertility statue and something from raiders of the lost ark kind of cool huh i just had a, like a moment because i remember we had that exact like this at the end of the podcast just mm-hmm. like the, in the last one yeah where you're like oh yeah this is all from this it's like oh that's right so i mean those are those are most of my notes i think I, I almost think I liked it better this time around, but the beginning is a little rough. You're like, man, I, I just mm-hmm. wish the vision was a little more polished, slightly more condensed. 
And I think this could have been a tight two hours, really fun adventure. Um, it's a bummer. I don't know. I think I think it is better than the scores it got. Maybe yeah. you look at the Rotten Tomatoes. I know, this next it's, score is like 60. Yeah, it's way too low. And I think, here's what I think. I think it suffers from people looking at Han in the movie mm-hmm. and saying, that's not Han Solo. When... You got to look at Woody Harrelson's character. That's Han Solo. And right. Han Solo is more like how Luke is in the original movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So the movie's sitting at a 69 tomato meter, 64 audience score. I would put it in the 75 range. Yeah. And it's like, if they trim the right things out and polish the vision a little more, I think this is an easy 85. Oh, yeah. But it's it wasn't. It weren't. Changing directors is always hard. It's hard also to reshoot almost an entire movie. That's what kind of blows my mind. When you talk about reshoots, I'm always thinking like, oh, 10, 20, 30 percent. Like, nope, 80 percent of the footage was reshot. Dang, that is that is a beast to do. I mean, especially when you have to re-put in a character. Although the movie that just came out, Army of the Dead. Yeah. Zack Snyder zombie heist film. Mm-hmm. Christy Ilya was removed. Tig Notaro put in completely with CG. So Tig Notaro came in for pickups acted against the green screen, did all of Christy Ilya's lines, and they threw her in the movie. Nice. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Now I, I want to watch it. I saw, I want, I want to watch it too. Um, I don't even like Zack Snyder, but they're like, he's finally back to zombie movies. I'm like, oh yeah, he did the Dawn of the Dead remake in like 04 or 05. Yeah. Um, I think Zack Snyder excels when he either has somebody who's knows what they're doing to rein him in or edit his movie really well, mm-hmm. or he's given just complete control of the movie. Yeah. The half steps is when it fails. Mm-hmm. Or if you have Joss Whedon redo most of the movie. It's again, that is, I mean, kudos to Ron Howard for taking the project because that is very hard to do. Yeah. But it just sucks that you're like. I think this is. of So we've done three movies that, well, actually, I guess technically five movies mm-hmm. that were in a similar situation. Yeah. Where the project was a significant, like significantly far. Mm-hmm. And then another person was brought in. Yeah. The first one we did was The Hobbits. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, they didn't turn out very well because they wanted they didn't want to give him the time to, mm-hmm. you know, like kudos to Disney for eating the budget to letting Ron Howard reshoot what he wanted to reshoot. Yeah. So that he wasn't just like, you don't get the guy like Joss Whedon where you're like, here's what you got. And you got a month to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then you got to give us a movie. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you got to kind of throw together a bad movie. Yeah. This is definitely the best. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, it has so much potential. It's so hard to see it when like this isn't a bad movie by any means. It just has a couple bad pieces in it. <laughs> Overall, it is a good movie. Yeah. It's just so much harder that way because you see the lack. You see, oh, this could have been great. It's yeah. so hard. Because even like the original original trilogy, not the, sorry, the prequels, you were like, I see what you're doing there. These pieces are working. But as a whole, I think they're not not good movies. Whereas Perfect. this is a good movie, but you just see where it fell short. Yeah. So it's hard. It's a tough one. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I recommend it. You know, I would, too. I mean, like I said, it. It's, I would rather see a movie that gets better as it goes on. Yeah. Because you're like, by the end, you're really pleased, even if the beginning was a little bit rough. It's one of the only Star Wars movies that I would say you can just throw this up and watch this one with that 
not as part of like watching all the Star Wars. That movies. is true because it ties in the least. Yeah. It's just like an Argentine Han Solo. But by the end, you just, I don't know, it's a Han adventure. Whereas Rogue One, it goes right into episode four. And the prequels yeah. are setting up things that happen in the original trilogy. And the the latest trilogy that all is, you know, like Harrison Ford pops up and you're like, who's this old dude? Like, oh, there's history. This is his. Okay, what's going on? Oh, Luke's here. You know, like there are a lot of characters like, you know, kind of helps to really know what their background is. So, yeah. yeah. It's a good. I would I would recommend it. I liked this movie. I liked it more the second time, I think. And. Uh, and I did ask Bailey. It is fun to ask Bailey how she feels about the movie, just like someone kind of experiencing the whole of Star Wars for the first time. She's like, she's like, she's like, oh, it was good. I actually liked it. I was like, OK, how does it compare to it's like, well, how did, to the prequels we watched? Like, well, he's not as cool because <laughs> she really like Hayden Christensen. He's like, he's worse. But the movies are better, you know. Yeah. I, she's just a big fan of Aiden Christensen, but yeah, it one of it was something I think that it is. You said this is the second time you've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. When we first recorded on it, it was the second time I'd seen the movie, and it's the first time you'd seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And now you're liking a lot of the stuff that you hated the first time. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. I think the movie benefits from a second view. Interesting. Well, there you go. There it is. Is there anything else to say? No. Your filibuster is over. Yep. You yield your time? I yield my time. Mm. I'm not going to put a disclaimer about the TV talk. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I feel so bad for everybody. Yes. Well, thank you for listening. You can share us wherever wherever you care to. Write us to review us. Yeah, on all the things. On whatever all the podcast things. services. You can tweet at me. You can gram me. You can, you can Facebook us. On Insta. That's what the kids call it havers. now. Uh, Insta. Yeah. At Opinion Havers. Come yell at us. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. I want the Lando movie. Honestly, I'm kind of yeah. ready for the Lando origin story. Yeah. Weren't they going to do a movie or a show about him or something? I don't know, but they should. Forget Atlanta. I don't need season three. I don't need season four. I just want Lando. Coming. You just feed it into it. He goes through oh a my time, space time warp. He is Lando yes. Calrissian. But he's seen Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is a documentary, right? Yes. Okay. It happened in the past. It's a historical documentary. <laughs>